Retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on AMP. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. So you can discover new-to-you playlists as they're made. Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. Hey, how are ya? Look, this week has sucked. I'm not going to lie and pretend like it hasn't. I have on and off cried and felt miserable and heartbroken for the state of the world that we're living in. I feel like, you know, you probably don't even notice, but you know, I haven't really been posting a whole lot on social media because it just doesn't feel right to. And even, you know, doing a pop culture podcast sometimes feels trivial. Um, but on the other side of the coin, I do know that a lot of you come to me for a sense of escape and to spend a half an hour of your day you know, not crying like me. Um, And so that's what I'm going to try to do for you guys today. I'm not 100% certain at how, you know, effective it will be for me. I also work in morning radio and it was a hard day to like be on the radio and try to act happy. And a lot of times there's stuff going on in your personal life when you do this kind of media work or whatever it is. And, you know, you have to fake it till you make it. And some days it's impossible to do that. Some days it's impossible to pretend like you're not hurting. And I know a lot of us are hurting this week. So I just want to say that I love you. If you're here, I'll try to give you an escape for 30 minutes. If you're a teacher, if you're a parent and you're going through stuff right now, I just want you to know that I love you and this is a safe space for you. Okay. So now that that's out of the way, I also want to give you a little bit of a trigger warning because we are talking about some very serious things on the podcast today. We're going to talk about um, domestic abuse. We're going to talk about eating disorders, uh, with some stories in the pop three and the deep dive, we're finally going to get into the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which if you have even been reading the headlines, you know that there are a lot of stories about domestic abuse in the case. Um, we're having Danielle Delalio on. She hosts the Innocent Till Tipsy podcast. She's a true crime TikToker. She is an expert. She was in the courtroom for about four weeks, uh, you know, witnessing what was happening live. So she's going to take us down this week's deep dive, but let's get into our pop three. And this is actually something that we're going to reference in the deep dive. Um, but because of when we recorded this, we weren't able to include it. So starting off today in your headlines, Kate Moss denied being pushed by Johnny Depp down the stairs. 
She was brought in to testify because of something that Amber said on the stand. Like I said, in the deep dive, we'll really get into the details of how that happened, why that happened, and why it ended up being a good thing um, for Johnny that Amber mentioned Kate Moss on the stand. But Johnny and Kate dated from 1994 until 1998, and Kate Moss was asked to recall an incident that occurred while they were vacationing together in the 90s. Amber alleged that there was an incident with Kate Moss, Johnny Depp, and the stairs, you know, pushing her down the stairs. So Kate was called to witness via video link about that, you know, quote, altercation. So here's what she said. She said, we were leaving the room and Johnny left the room before I did. She said there had been a bad rainstorm. And as I left the room, I slipped down the stairs and I hurt my back. She said, and I screamed because I didn't know what happened to me and I was in pain and he came running back to help me and carried me to my room and got me medical attention. She reiterates, he never pushed me, kicked me or threw me down any stairs. So I know that I'm giving you just a portion of the story here and I promise we'll get into it in the deep dive, but just keep this in the back of your mind for when we get there. Headline number two, Frank Catania confirmed that Jackie was demoted on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. This rumor about Jackie has been circulating around the internet for a couple weeks now, but I never believed the demotion rumor until I hear it from the horse's mouth because every year it, it seems like the same housewives have that rumor about them. I mean, I remember last year it was rumored that Jackie was being demoted from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So Frank Catania went on the morning toast and he said that he had just recently went out to dinner with Jackie and Evan. And the quote was, and yes, I heard. Yes. All right. She is a friend of. This is just my opinion. I think it's pretty messed up. I think that this last season of New Jersey was her most vulnerable. Um, you know, she was really so, so open and, and honest about her eating disorder, which is something that people really do go through. And she gave us something besides, you know, all the Louis drama. So I feel like for her to go through this season of such vulnerability and of such growth and then for them to demote her after that just seems like what? And, you know, a lot of people don't like Jackie. I don't, I don't mind her. I mean, I don't, she isn't like that polarizing to me, which maybe is a reason why she was demoted. Um, but you know how I feel about reality stars in general, 10 times out of 10 every day of the week, I will take the person who is being real and honest over the person who is just giving us fluff. And I love Melissa Gorga. I do. I think she is strong, smart, beautiful. You know, I aspire to be like her in, in a lot of ways, but it's hard to really know if Joe was not Teresa's brother, what Melissa's role on the show would look like. Because other than the Joe and Teresa stuff this season, what did Melissa talk about? Like her daughter getting back in the gym. Just, just not exactly what I'm looking for. Or even Teresa, who is so far in La La Land. When I recorded last week's podcast, I hadn't watched the reunion yet, but I finally got through it. And oh my gosh, it's like, it's so difficult to watch her 
physically not understand what Marge is trying to say to her, what anybody is trying to say to her. The fact that Louis is like, no, Marge, I don't blame you for this stuff coming out, which, by the way, it was not Marge's doing. All the blogs had it. Bravo and Cocktails had it way before any of the housewives ever acknowledged it. People were talking about it. So you want to be on reality TV, Teresa, you want to be the the centerpiece of New Jersey and you don't want to talk about something that is just like front and center of every blog, news pub, entertainment news publication. It just is insanity to me that she would think they wouldn't have to say anything about it. I don't know. He also said that he heard Tracy was gone. He said nothing's definitive over here, um, but Tracy was completely edited out of the reunion, which I think is pretty telling. Uh, The last headline today in your pop three, Caitlyn Jenner was not invited to the Kravis Italian wedding. I'm going to give you my full review of the Kravis Italian wedding at the end of the podcast, but for now, we'll just stick to... Who wasn't there? Who wasn't invited and why? Um, Sources close to the couple told TMZ Wednesday that Caitlyn never received an invitation in the mail to the intimate wedding weekend because they have a very limited relationship. The source noted that they don't really talk. Um, I remember seeing like an aerial view of the wedding and it kind of looked like, you know, it was up on this beautiful mountain. It was outside. But it kind of looked like there was just two rows of guests. It wasn't like a like a, a church by any means where it had multiple pews or even a large outdoor patio. It did seem like a smaller space. So if they were trying to keep it, you know, very intimate then and they don't talk, then I can see maybe why. A lot of people noticed that Rob was not there. I'm sure he was invited, but, you know, he doesn't like all the grandiosity. So um, no surprise he stayed home. An insider told Page Six, Rob prefers to stay out of the spotlight. So he would have been uncomfortable going to such a high profile party, even though it was for his sister. Of course, we know Scott wasn't there. We've seen videos of him at at the strip club. Oh, Scott. And we uh, didn't see any pictures of Corey, which I I have not figured out why Corey was not there. Um, A lot of people speculating that maybe he had been exposed to COVID at the last minute and wasn't able to go. I have not seen that confirmed anywhere, but just a theory. Um, Also getting a lot of questions about Mason, Courtney's oldest son. He was there. Um, The thing about Mason is, you know, I saw him in the background of a couple photos or like hiding, you know, here, hiding there. I don't want to say that it's on Rob level with Mason, but Mason also does not enjoy pictures being taken of him. You know, even even like family photos. He doesn't like paparazzi. He does not like being in photos from what I can remember that Courtney was saying. So it wouldn't be too surprising that you didn't see him, especially if it was very small. But I I did see him like hiding around some corners. So he was there. Okay. Quick break, and we will be back. We're deep diving into the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which is supposed to wrap up this week. So we're going to get a lot of the information that you need. Danielle Delalio is going to join us. She is the expert. She's a true crime TikToker, and she even has a true crime podcast, Innocent Till Tipsy. So hang on, and we'll be right back with the deep dive. You lead a busy life. 
The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy, homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket and, yes, through fruit, too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Danielle, thank you so much for joining this week's episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. And we have been wanting to do a deep dive on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial for such a long time, but there's so much that I just feel like I could not adequately, you know, deliver the message, but you are an expert. You're in the courtroom, no? So I was. So I was in the courtroom for the first four weeks of trial. And then things got crazy in the last week. Absolutely nuts. I was averaging about three hours-ish of sleep, if that. It became more of a fan event than a courtroom event. And so when the judge did that week-long break, I decided that um, I would go home and see how I felt. And I was like, I don't think it's worth going back. And it, it wasn't because people are now lining up at like the day before, sometimes even at noon. Um, there I've seen there's been fights in line like crazy. And so I'm like, no, I'm glad I didn't go back to that. But I was for the majority of trial. Yes. And how did that come about? So I have a TikTok, I guess, platform, um, and I started talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial um, over two years ago during the pandemic. I had been working at Disney World, and we were all laid off, bored. We didn't know what we were doing with our lives. So I, um, my family and friends were sick of hearing me talk about this case because I had believed Amber in 2016 when the allegations came out and everything had happened. And I was shocked to hear the recordings. Um, that's what really triggered me and wanted I wanted to learn more. So I started deep diving into court documents, everything I could get my hands on. And it started with Twitter, but then I, I went over to TikTok and, and really started um, talking about the case there. And that's kind of how I got my following. And I just decided on a whim, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to just go out, see if I can get into the courtroom. I didn't even know if I could get into the courtroom. Um, It's just been a case that I've really cared about over the last two years and was able to get in. And it was wild, not only just to see Amber and Johnny in the same room, but to also see people that you know, I've only read about like, I mean, Sean Bett, one of his security guards, uh, Chrissy Dombrowski, uh, Johnny's sister, um, just like people I've just read their statements. You know, I know so much about them, but not really at all. So you said you started following this all the way back in what, 2016? Um, kind of in 2016, I wasn't as, I, I was a Johnny Depp fan. So I was just like, you know, that was the time too. We were all kind of hearing that our actors, actresses, like it was, it was in the wake of me too. Everything was coming out and we all were like, oh, that's, you know, that's horrible. We couldn't believe what all was being, what all was happening. It wasn't until 2020 when I was like, wait a minute, there's more to this story than what me see I, than what the tabloids are printing, than what the media is printing. 
Yeah. And I'll get into the, you know, all of that kind of stuff here in a second, but I do just want to clear up. I told Danielle before we went live, this is like, this is like a, a depth herd trial for dummies because I, you guys know I have I have not talked about it on the podcast at all because I feel like I need an expert. That's why I brought you on. But this is a defamation trial. I think a lot of people sometimes get confused with the messaging because we're hearing all of these crazy stories. We're hear, hearing all of these, um, you know, altercations between the two of them. But but the trial itself isn't necessarily about that. Is that correct? It's it's about Amber Heard defaming Johnny Depp. Can you explain what that means and how they're different? Yeah. So um, this is a defamation trial about Amber Heard's op-ed. So Johnny is suing Amber Heard for an op-ed she wrote in the Washington Post. The reason it's based in Virginia is because the publication happened in Virginia. The couple never lived there. And so she wrote this op-ed, I, I think it was entitled, I Spoke Up About Sexual Violence and Face Our Culture's Wrath. And she talked about how two years ago, and this was written in 2018, so her divorce happened in 2016, she became the face of um, domestic violence. And so Johnny has alleged that that is about him. Uh, So the reason they are in court right now is all because of that. And so it is a hard case to win. I always like to preface people with that. Defamation and libel trials, insanely hard for public figures to win. And so all of this stuff is coming out concerning her abuse, um, concerning text messages between them, emails, all, all sorts of things. But the thing to remember is no one really knows which way the jury is going to take it. No one knows kind of how people are going to react. You said that you don't know which way the jury is going to go with that, which it seems like, you know, public perception is mostly team Johnny. I'll get to that in a second, but do you know why defamation trials are hard to win? It's hard to prove that someone defamed you, um, especially in the sense of being a public figure. And that's what Amber Heard's lawyers are trying to disprove right now. Like they're bringing in the fact that um, he was late to set often and and things like that. But then you also have to remember that was during the time of his marriage that he was so late to set. And this is when all these raging fights were going on. So what was, you know, what was the reason behind all of that? But in the end, that's not what matters. It's did the op-ed affect his career and what Amber or what Johnny's lawyers are alleging is, yes, it did. Uh, He lost the role of Captain Jack Sparrow just two days after it was published. So yes, it did. So that's where the argument stems from. And we'll, we'll have to see what the jury like decides on with that. Correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I've, I've done a light dusting of this, but Johnny testified first um, when it comes to him and Amber, you know, being on the stand. What would you say were Johnny's major wins and losses when it comes to his testimony? He'd always said um, his whole goal and purpose of this trial has not been whether he wins or loses. It's the truth. He wants to get the truth out there. And I mean, the truth is muddled like between the two of them. Um, so it's, it's hard, but, um, I think his major wins from this whole thing have from his testimony, like alone definitely been for him to speak out about this. Um, I know at the end of his trial, it was very power or end of his testimony. It was very powerful. His lawyer, Camille asked him, what did you respond to Amber when you heard her? Like it was in the recording. She said, I, Johnny Depp, I too am a victim of um, domestic abuse and, you know, see how the jury and, and judge reacts. And he said, yes, because I am. 
and then she said no further questions. That was that was a super powerful, strong win for him. Uh, and um, I think even like just beyond his testimony, Isaac Baruch, one of his friends, um, came in and gave a very emotional testimony just about how much it has affected not only Johnny, but his family. And that's one of the other reasons Johnny says he's brought this into a very public court. He doesn't want to leave this legacy behind for his children. But I think his major losses have been, they talk a lot about his addictions, his struggle with addictions. That's something he's been very open with throughout his entire life. We've always known that Johnny Depp struggled with addictions. Um, But I think the text messages um, that have been read aloud. Some of them have been, I mean, there's two that come to mind, um, the Paul Bettany text messages and the text message he actually shared with Isaac Baruch after he found out that he was going to have to sell his penthouses because he, of Amber's accusations, he wasn't going to be able to keep them anymore. Um, so those text messages were very um, salacious, I guess, something like the media is easy to to kind of run with. Same question about Amber because she just recently testified as well. Yeah, she did. So that was wild. I was I was in the court for most of her testimony, but it was interesting to see the um, reaction in the courtroom. It was so wild because when Johnny was on the stand, everyone was like very animated with him. He was very animated about his story. And so everyone kind of reacted with him. If he cracked a joke, they'd laugh. If, um, you know, he you know, teared up or talked about something emotional, people would cry. Um, when Amber took the stand, it was just everyone was stiff. And even when she tried to crack a joke, there was nothing. And there was not a tear in the crowd, like, um, from her testimony, which was just so interesting. I'm trying to think of a win for her, which is terrible, but because it was so polarizing, um, her testimony, even being in the room, it was very polarizing. And I'm biased. If you look at any of my stuff, I always tell my father followers to go and look at the court documents, look at, um, the actual stuff because I do, I do have a bias, um, but not to base things in newspapers or anything like that. Trying to think of like, even if she's had a witness that's, I'd say Whitney, like not to take away from Amber's testimony, but there's nothing that stands out to it about me for having her have like a winning moment. But I'd say her sister, Whitney coming on the stand, that was more of a win for Amber in the sense that Whitney is the only one that's claimed to have ever seen Johnny abuse Amber. And she did testify to that in court. Um, and even though there were two other people that were in that same scenario that said it happened a different way, I do think that was enough to cast a bit of doubt, you know, for the jury who are hearing it. And they also didn't get to hear from another witness that um, anyone that's been following the case knows about. We heard a little bit from her today, but her testimony was cut off before we got to the March incident that Whitney was referring to Amber's sister. So um, I'd say that was her, her major win. Her loss, I think is just giving way too many details concerning these different events at it is almost like it's from stepping her dog stepping on a bee <laughs> to how dirty the carpet is. It's strange. And I think her lawyer, Elaine, is just digging and Rottenborn as well. They're just digging their client's grave even deeper. It's it's the weirdest thing to watch. I mean, we have heard these wild stories. The bee, you know, her the pooping in the bed situation, the cutting off of a finger, which, mm-hmm. which stories do you think had the most impact, you know, good or bad for either one of them? We've talked an awful lot in court about the cutting off of the finger. And I, I do find it interesting because now we know that Amber has four different stories of how the tip of the Johnny's finger was severed. 
Um, so that has just been interesting to kind of hear. Um, I know the jury's only heard maybe two of those stories, but that's enough to kind of make your, you'll be like, wait a minute. I thought she had said it, it was done another way. Um, so I think that's going to have a major effect, especially since Amber's team had brought in an expert hand surgeon. He was just in as like an expert witness um, to talk about how Johnny's finger had been severed. And he said from the medical records, from what he was seeing, you know, um, I don't see it happening from Amber throwing a vodka bottle at him and it, it hit it. He's like, I just don't see it. So that was like strong testimony until today. Johnny's team brought in a rebuttal witness who's also a hand surgeon and who worked on Johnny. So it wasn't just, this is an expert witness. This is, I, I was the one treating him and he totally threw that out. So, um, yeah, I think the hand, the hand story, I, the poop on the bed is just, it's hardly been mentioned. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, but yeah. I, think I mean, the, do you think it was Amber or do you think it was the dog? <laughs> oh, it was a hundred percent Amber. Have you seen the size of that deuce? And then what's so funny to me, oh my God, what's so funny to me is her and her deposition for 2016. She's talking about like, she's not sure how big her dogs are, but I just found a clip of her because she knows they're going to ask about the poop. But right. I just want a clip of her on um, YouTube from years ago from when she was married to Johnny talking about how her teacup Yorkies fit in the palm of her hand and they're just so cute and so tiny. And I'm like, that's as big as a poop, Amber. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, do you think that any of Amber's testimonies or or stories have you know swayed the jury in her favor? I don't know. I really don't. I know for myself as a victim of domestic violence, I had an awful hard time sitting and listening through her stories, especially after researching the case as much as I did. I, But I really, without the research, without everything, I, I don't know. And that's why everyone keeps asking me on my lives and everything else, which way do I think it's going to go? And obviously the public opinion has been based solely in Johnny. And so they all want to see him win. But I'm like, like really it's a defamation trial and i'm not sure if the jury is seeing you know everything that we are seeing as the public either so it's hard it's really hard to tell another thing i find super interesting obviously is that you know this is one of the most publicized trials of our time i mean when i had dax and adam on they were saying you know it hasn't been this big of a media frenzy in celebrity land since the OJ trial. And That's we've heard, you know, mm -hmm. very other high profile celebs be involved. Elon Musk, James Franco, you know, Kate Moss. Um, can you tell us what celebrities were supposed to testify first, but then ended up not testifying and maybe why? Yeah. So there was Elon Musk. He was supposed to testify and then didn't. He was supposed to testify concerning the donations um, for Amber. I think they've got their bases covered on that. They've already spoken to the ACLU where Amber was supposed to donate her $3.5 which was half of her divorce settlement too. And we did hear from the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles today. Children's Hospital of Los Angeles has only received $250,000 of that $7 million. And the um, ACLU has only received, I think, $1.3 So that leaves the majority of Amber's $7 million that she pledged to donate in limbo somewhere. She hasn't made a payment um, since 2018 on those pledges. But Elon had made payments for her before 2018, um, when they were in a relationship. So that's what he was going to testify about. He's, I mean, if we're, I know your podcast. So like, if we're talking salacious, he'd been <laughs> having an affair with Amber <laughs> since right. 
According to the ECB in Eastern Columbia building where Johnny and Amber live, they've been sneaking him in since March 2015 when Johnny lost his finger while he was filming <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. So, yes. Um, but James Franco is interesting. And I don't know why exactly they they didn't have Elon come in. But I do think they have their bases covered on the donations. But with James Franco, he had seen Amber the last week of her... I guess, marriage to Johnny kind of last week. Um, Johnny's mother died on May 20th, 2016. He arrived back in, he was in LA and he was heading over to his penthouses to grab a few of his items on the 21st. He had already told Amber he was getting a divorce from her. Um, While he was there, Amber alleges that he threw, he wound up like a baseball pitcher threw a cell phone at her face. Right. And then That was how she got that bruise that you see when she walks out the front door of the courthouse and somehow the paparazzi knew to be there as well and capture her there. James had seen her, I believe, the next day on May the 22nd. He was captured on surveillance video in the elevator up to Johnny Depp's penthouse. So the whole reason they were having him there was to testify whether he saw the bruise or not. Somehow he got out of that. He didn't end up having to testify to that. And then we heard this week, and of course, by the time this podcast comes out, Kate Moss would have already testified, but explain how she got brought in to evidence through Amber's testimony and maybe what they're going to utilize her for. Yeah. So for some reason, when Amber was talking about the staircase incident, which we kind of touched on earlier, um, where Whitney alleged that she saw her sister um, be abused by Johnny, she brought up that all she could think of when she thought Johnny was going to push, Amber thought Johnny was going to push Whitney down the stairs was Kate Moss and stairs. And like, that's all Amber said. Uh, But Amber's been running with this rumor since the United Kingdom trial. She had said there was a rumor that Johnny had or pushed Kate Moss at some point down the stairs. No one else has ever heard this rumor, so it was interesting. They did have an explosive fight in the 90s um, where Johnny did some damage to a hotel room and police were called from the noise level. And when they arrived, Kate Moss was calmly sitting on the sofa and smoking a cigarette. And Johnny greeted them at the door and said that an angry armadillo had tore up the hotel room and he was arrested (laughs) on criminal mischief. But after he paid the hotel their damages, he was able to to go. They didn't end up um, charging him with that. But as soon as she brought Kate Moss up, you could see Ben Chu, one of Johnny's lawyers, his face just lights up. He does not have a poker face because that meant that past relationships were fair game. So not only can they bring Kate Moss in to testify, which they did on Wednesday, but Camille, when she did her cross-examination of Amber Heard, one of Johnny's lawyers, she was able to be like, remember when you were charged? with domestic assault of Taja Van Rie, your ex-wife, in an airport. So that they were able to bring in past relationships. That's why they got so excited about it. Was Amber Heard like copying Johnny Depp's looks in the courtroom, what he was wearing? Yeah, 100%. I'm 100% convinced of it. We would like take bets. It might have been my TikTok you saw. (laughs) Um, We would like take bets on what she'd be wearing like the next day. It was ridiculous. And the day that she arrived with the ponytail, I was losing my mind because that was right after the first day he'd worn his hair in a ponytail and Twitter like freaked out. Everyone thought it was like the most sexy thing ever. And the next day she came in with her hair in a ponytail. But yeah, he would like wear a gray suit. She would wear a gray suit. She's now wearing the Gucci B. He had been wearing a Gucci B on his like lapel. It's the weirdest thing. But my followers told me in the comments um, that it's something that abusers do. It's called mirroring. And it's like another way to gaslight their victim. 
So you're like, are they dressing like me? Are they acting like me? Is it so that's what TikTok's theory is on that whole situation. So wild. It is, it is. just it seems like a circus a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I would agree with you in the sense of this is like the biggest trial since the OJ Simpson trial happened. And it's wild to see. And yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how it's gonna wrap up here in the next week. Yeah, when is it officially over? So I've heard closing arguments are going to be this Friday, and then we have jury deliberations, and I'm not sure how long the jury can deliberate for. Okay. What's your prediction? Do you have one? Don't have one. No, I have no. I literally am 50-50. Could go either way at this point. I don't know. If you were a juror, what would you say in that deliberation room? Oh, well, here. (laughs) We know you're biased. We know. We know. It's okay. (laughs) I'm insanely biased. I'm going team Johnny. Like, I like, no, pay your dues, Amber. Drop the counterclaim. Let's go. Come on. And just try to, (laughs) everyone needs to move on from here, please. Oh, my God. But your bias, like, based in in fact, correct? Because I know you said you have read all the court records. Yes, court documents, all the recordings, um, all the text messages, everything that you can tangibly get your hands on for this case, I have perused. <laughs> so yeah. yes, and that's something we do on my podcast too. We're like literally reading the court documents verbatim and then kind of like reacting to it. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's no question, I think, in my mind, probably in anybody's mind, that this was a toxic relationship, you know, on, on both ends. But I think the issue is that Amber is now lying her way through life pretty much and is trying to also take someone down with her. And I feel like people can kind of, they are at least seeing through it now, at least. I mean, you mentioned earlier that she had four different stories for, or explanations for, I can't remember which story it was, but I I heard on Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I heard on your podcast this week too something about uh, the bed frame being nicked with a with a knife and not Johnny's boot. Can you give like a Cliff Notes version of that? Just her being caught in lies. Yeah, so it's weird. So this is this is pure speculation, but it was brought up in court. Um, there's an incident from December of 2015 where Amber claims she almost died, and and yes, it's like it's a horrific testimony that she gave. Um, unfortunately, like. She even talked about how Johnny's hands are full of rings. Um, He'd almost beat her to death, smothered her in the bed frame. And while he was smothering her in in the bed, um, he had put his boot on like their solid, like I think it was pine, like wooden bed frame. And she said that the bed frame had like snapped underneath it. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, she was photographed the very next day. And then she had a photo shoot when she went to his island in the Bahamas just like a week or so later. Um, and she's not covered in bruises. And the, even the bruises she showed in court, they're very minuscule. On, on Twitter, they've been speculating that they are actually from Botox because they're just so small. And it is interesting when you think Johnny Depp is, he's got all those rings. Like if he was And I'm sure he can lay a punch like when he lays one. So if he was really like going for it, like I would just imagine it would be just I mean, real domestic violence victims have been sharing their stories contrasted to Amber's. But beyond that, the bed frame in the photo that was taken of the bed frame where it had split is what looks to be a pocket knife. And I think it was Law and Lumber on YouTube did a whole video on how that wood would not have been able to give underneath a boot. But they did do a demonstration where a pocket knife certainly would give that same exact 
mark. So it, it is, it's wild. It's crazy. And, and Johnny Depp's um, estate manager, Kevin Murphy, he had even said that um, he, it, Amber telling him about this and showing him the damage, it didn't seem right to him at all. So he took his own photos when he was there. Cause he's like, the, the story is it. I like, he said he felt awkward with her the next day. It was strange. I mean, you definitely do all the heavy lifting on your TikTok and on your podcast, Innocent Till Tipsy. And what I really like about your podcast is that, you know, you are conscious of abuse victims that are listening to you and your podcast and they're listening to this trial. And, you know, a lot can get lost in translation, but you make it a point to, you know, give people tips, whether it's how to get out of a relationship like that, whether it's what not to do, you know, when you're trying to leave an abusive relationship, was that important to you when you started, you know, really diving into this trial particularly? A hundred percent. And I think it really even stems back to me. I do true crime as well. And I mean, um, our podcast is based in true crime and, um, it's really important to me to have an additional cause linked to us talking about these stories, um, because these are stories that can be easily exploited, number one, but number two, these are about personal trauma and it's, there's gotta be something that can be done to better us at the end of talking about it. So when, when it comes to especially the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case, advocating for domestic violence victims, especially um, in concerning this case, male victims of domestic violence. And it's been really shocking to me how many of them have reached out to me and talked about how they never felt like they were taken seriously when it came to their own situations of abuse. Because uh, like even Johnny had said, he had to run to several different bathrooms in his house and he wasn't thinking that that was you know, abusive and it's, you shouldn't have to flee your partner in your own home. Um, and so it, that's been just really important to have something there for people to be able to go to after the fact, especially if they're in a similar situation. Um, I love to link to the national domestic abuse hotline just because they do have a plan to leave, how you can start planning, because that is the most dangerous time for a victim of domestic abuse is when they make the decision that they are going to leave. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining this week's deep dive. I know our listeners are going to greatly enjoy it. Please tell everyone where they can find you online and your podcast. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for having me, Morgan. I really appreciate it. I love your podcast. It's so much fun. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. So um, TikTok is my last name, first initial, Delalio D or Spirit of Danny. Danny spelt with an I. Um, or you can find me over on uh, YouTube with the Innocent Told Tipsy podcast or anywhere you get your podcast. Um, I tell my friend Max, uh, either true crime story or justice for Johnny Depp story over a bottle of wine. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's where you can find me. Okay. To end this week's podcast, we are going to talk about the Kravis wedding. We've had about a week to digest it, even though I don't really think that I have digested it. Look, if you know me, you know, that is never, never listen to me right now sisters, because it's never my intent to be <laughs> malicious or mean in my reporting because I believe in love and light, but I hated the Kravis wedding. I hated it so very much. And let me tell you, I'm sad about it. On Sunday, I was like, I got to get off my phone because I was so just irrationally distraught over the Kravis wedding. The dress, it was a micro mini corset 
Lacey, Dolce & Gabbana. The veil was the big draw. There was the huge Virgin Mary on it. We know now that Travis has that same tattoo of the Virgin Mary on his head. So I guess it was like a little bit of a nod, a little bit. It was a nod um, to him. You know, <sighs> Courtney can do whatever she wants. Travis can do whatever they want, I think. They looked so happy and so in love. So at the end of the day, that's all that matters as long as they loved it, which it looked like they did. Um, but I guess it bothered me so much because as someone who is about to be a bride, oh my God, I went dress shopping this week. Oh my God. Oh my God. What a wild experience. We're sidebarring for a second. What a wild experience. I am not like... I call myself a girly tomboy. You know, I just, I don't wear makeup a lot. I like baggy clothes. I like hoodies and sweatpants. You know, I'm like never going above and beyond. So trying on wedding dresses was the most insane thing that I think I personally have ever done. And um, I also think that I found the one. I think I did. But my wedding isn't until next August. So I'm starting early to give me time. I want to just look at another store to see, you know, if I find something that really does it for me. But oh my gosh, I had the moment. I had the tears. I had the veil on. It was a whole thing. Okay. Anyways. So, you know, having gone through that experience myself, I realized that Courtney's big draw was the veil. I just, I would not want people to be so mesmerized by my veil as opposed to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want people to look at me in the dress, in the veil, and think, wow, Morgan looks like a dream. I feel like we saw Courtney in this outfit that I feel like I've seen her wear before. You know, very, very short, corset with some lace detail. The only difference is that it was white as opposed to black. And I'm like, I just wish that I said, wow, look at Courtney and not, wow, look at that veil. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You're picking up what I'm putting down. And, you know, Courtney waited so long to get married. And I just wanted her to have that moment that everyone was just floored by her. And I don't think that it happened. And like I said, she looked elated. She looked just over the moon, which to me made the whole look like bearable, you know, because because she's happy. And I'm like, okay, fine. If she's happy, I'll be happy for her. I got some DMs saying things like, oh, but it's so Courtney to wear something like this. Full stop disagree. It is not so Courtney. It is so Travis. You cannot convince me that if Courtney married Scott Disick, that she would have walked down the aisle in that ensemble, that that would have been the choice to get married to Scott. 1,000% would not happen. But congrats to Cora. I mean, I always knew that they were endgame. I called it since the news broke over a year and a half ago, and I knew that they were going to get married the moment I saw them at that UFC match. Sugar-free Courtney was letting her hair down, eating a Tootsie Pop with Travis Barker at a UFC match. And I thought, this is it. This is it. They might have been weed lollipops. I don't really know. Regardless, Kourtney Kardashian eating something that potentially had sugar in it. I was like, we're done. Wrap it up. It's over. 
were through. So even though I didn't like the dress, I'm happy for Courtney. Shout out to Rain Disick because he stole the show. He was the cutest little thing I've ever seen in my life with his knee-high socks, his shorts, his little bow tie. To me, it was worth it to see Rain Disick as best dressed. All right, you guys, thank you so, so, so much for hanging with me today. I hope I made your day a little bit brighter. I really tried my best. So if you love the pod, please be sure to rate and review. You could do it whatever you know streaming platform you're listening on, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just give us a little five-star rating. And I have a homework assignment for you today. If you have a friend that loves pop culture, I want you to recommend this podcast to them. So that you guys can, you know, chit chat about it. And then you can come chit chat with me about it. We're trying to grow the fam. Also, don't forget that this month is 95% off the dip. If you want to try out a subscription, it's the best. Um, Use the promo code SPRING and you will get 95% off of your subscription. Time is running out for that. So make sure you do it now if you want to. Thank you guys again. We'll see you back next week. Love you like a sis. Bye. No, not now. That sounds like it's going to cost you. I know what to do. I'm going to CashNetUSA.com. I can apply in minutes, get an instant decision, and if approved, I could have the money in my account as soon as the same business day. When you need money fast, be the hero. Go to CashNetUSA.com to apply for the money you need now. The exact timing as to when your loan funds will be available will be determined by your banking institution. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice.